It is the Dirty Laundry Game Worn Hockey Podcast. We're now in double digits. Episode number 10. Honestly, for a while, I didn't know if we'd actually get there, if people would like it enough to to keep it going, but to at least getting a uh, a decent reception. Can't can't complain. People seem to enjoy it. I get, get good comments, and with the, with the help of uh, guys like you joining me this evening, Paul Rank, Dan Day, and Wade Hampton. Uh, Dan Day, the the newest of the guys uh, joining the podcast. Paul and and Wade are old hats to this now. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey man, what's up? Evening. It is uh, uh, an, another fun-filled day of uh, looking at game-worn jerseys online like we all do every day, seeing what people have got, seeing what's being sold, all those kind of things. And one of the the debates that have hit Reddit, have hit the Facebook groups, are the, the terms of the jerseys, things like game-issued, team-issued, game-worn, bench-worn, all those. And I just want to kind of break those down and get your guys' thoughts. I mean, again, we don't have to come up with a this is the the solid thing, but at least give people an understanding of what you see where may matter and or some teams that just don't give a damn because I've seen some of that too. Uh, I, I guess we'll start with the easiest one, game-worn. I, I don't think that that needs much defining. Game worn is, was worn in a game or more. Shows where, we hope a certificate that comes along with it is that, is provable by photo matching, hopefully LOA. I mean, uh, several different options, but I don't think there's much wiggle room to that one. Do you got, what about you guys? No, game worn means game worn. I, I wish the rest of these were that easy because we know it's not going to be. But but game worn at least, yes, it is has been worn. And I guess since it is that time of year right now, I've watched uh, actually got caught part of a game last night preseason. Does that matter at all, or is game worn game worn? But it's preseason worn. I mean, it's it's not during a regular NHL game. I mean, so um, you know the interesting factor on that is some teams carry them over from preseason into the regular season we've seen that in the past with the blues and other teams where the set one jerseys are actually worn during preseason and become the set one jerseys or they're already tagged set one when they're wearing them in preseason paul is that how san jose does them or they mix them up a little bit they mix it up somewhat the jerseys if the kids play in the prospect tournament, um, which they wear, um, usually wear the same jerseys that they're going to wear in the, the preseason. This year they did not. For the prospect tournament this year, they wore the older prime green besides the um, new teal, whatever they're calling it, the wave or whatever. Um, if a kid plays just in preseason, they tag that as training camp and, and not. Um, Occasionally, it's marked as game worn, but they try to dis- distinguish if it was training camp, i.e., preseason or regular season, and they'll get carried over. Um, I honestly don't know what's going to happen with the jerseys from this preseason for the Sharks if they're going to be patched for the games in Prague and brought over there, or if it's going to be a brand new set of uh, if one those or... games happen. Yeah, that's <laughs> the other big question there. So it, it's um. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and, and I haven't heard from anyone what they're planning, uh, you know, for if they're patching the preseason game or if it's a whole new set or like Wade said, if they're even going. So 
and I remember at least in the, I think it was the first year or second year of Vegas, uh, I got a hold of a couple of those, and and they were marked uh, for preseason slash training camp. But most of those I think were guys that weren't going on to be on the on the regular season roster anyway. I don't. It wasn't clear, and I have to go but look back at at my Gray's documentation on others if all of those were done that way, or if just some, if rostered players, it was just preseason forward. So some of those, yeah, it it may be a mix depending on the player too. Yeah, I, yeah, I think Vegas th- that first year was unusual when they started selling the preseason ones because it wasn't clear it, which ones were worn in the preseason from you know all. The guys who did not make the main club, you know, went back to Chicago. So I'd say we'll call it again, preseason, little iffy, but, but most case, at least most case teams seem to carry them over or refer, check with your team. Say, Hey, do you guys continue to use these? Um, last year we ran into an issue. Wade and I did with the blues. Of course, that was a switch over from the uh, regular Adidas to the prime green. So they blew out a bunch of their, uh, regular ones wore them in preseason, sold them at the f- at the first game, but were not tagged with anything. Uh, no set tags, no markings of any kind. Look like if there was no wear on them, I mean, look like just an authentic. Yeah, from the team store. So that got into some messy things. Of if anybody wants to sell these later, you better have photo matches to back them up because otherwise you don't. There's no, there's no proof to show what it is. It just became an authentic more or less because there's, you know, besides your word of, Hey, I bought this at the, you know, it's like they gave you a receipt or gave you anything that said. So beyond you saying, Oh yeah, I bought this, this one, it's preseason worn. I mean, pretty hard to distinguish, especially going into what we're talking about with people stripping jerseys and things like that. You know, we'll, we'll touch on that more shortly if we, uh, if we don't run too late here. So now um, we'll, we'll stay in the worn side of things. So now how about bench worn? Most of what we see with that, I think almost all we see that, are backup goalies. Um, do, do, can you guys recall many cases of, of a uh, a non-goalie jersey being marked as bench horn? No. They ever usually plays at least one shift. Did yeah. you do see some guys that will take warm-ups and leave, but I wouldn't consider that bench horn. Because odds are they're going to play in another game later, and it's just it's worn. Or bench uh, one won't have a won't have any wear on it. Should be yeah. clean. Correct. So so bench worn should be exclusively for goalie backups. I'd agree with that. Because I've seen that again. Bench worn was worn during an NHL game on the bench. And it may be a call-up goaltender, at, um, and, and I've seen that a few times where, Dan, like uh, when you and I were picking up McKenna jerseys, is, is he may have been called up the NHL. He didn't play, but he was on the bench, and that's how the that's how the jersey's marked. Yeah, my Jeff Lurg is that way from Grand Rapids. It's He never played, but he was up there. You know, he was did the warm-ups, but he wore it on the bench. He never he – it's, it's not a game-worn jersey. It's – bench worn or warm up worn, whatever you want to label it as. And I think some teams are particular with that and mark them that way. And some teams don't care. They may mark it on their LOAs as game worn or issued. So it, it's again, with all of this, I don't care what it is. Even if it says game worn, do your research. 
back up your whatever your certificate is, back it up with photos. The nice thing is, is going to the NHL, uh, the score sheets, you can look back and look at the official file uh, sheets with the NHL and see, yep, that guy was on the bench. He was only here for these games. The, the set tag or the COA says this is when they was here. All right. It's if there's a few marks on it. Okay. He took warmups. Any, any issues or problems you think with that, or, or is that pretty, uh, pretty standard pretty well? there? Yeah. Pretty I mean, standard. to me on, you know, bench worn, worn versus warm up worn versus game worn. And sometimes the sharks bunch them all into one, like, you know, during the year of the finals, um, the one time they made it, they um, had a bunch of jerseys tagged as game worn. But they were only worn during warmups, you know, and, and all, especially during the playoff runs that that year. They had the playoff jerseys, and they were clearly these guys never played, but they were in warmups, and they were tagged that way. Um, rather more important than the terms, I, I think, is the disclosure on it. Um, when you buy a goalie jersey, as you said, uh, it's easy to look at the NHL game logs to figure out the guy played. Same thing with the AHL logs and ECHL and most college teams. Uh, it's not that hard to do. And, um, you know, it's a combination of disclosure of when and how the jersey was used slash worn. And then if that's not given to you, doing your homework and looking it up and figuring out. So I'm not as worried about the terms as actual complete disclosure. I know we get into a lot of arguments about um, <laughs> exactly what to call it. I know where you're going with us on the next one. So I'll. And, and, and that's, I, I guess, part of it is that disclosure. When I've uh, picked up Jersey Weber and then down the road, sell them. I've always done, I always researched the crap out of them. So I can say, oh yeah, it was th this many goals, this many assists. Uh, if especially because it's blues jerseys, if they had their were a different one, and this here's the dates it was worn, here's these things. If I've got pictures, is is I drop as much information as possible so the next person one because I enjoy doing that. Next person doesn't have to. If I just drop it out there, really, oh, yep, blue certificate says this. Can you trust that? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it yeah. It it just depends. More of the modern stuff, yeah, fine. Older ones, less so. But if if I again, for, like I said, first thing I go is NHL sheets and look at those and see what happened. Okay, he had this many fights or or whatever. Is break all that down because that I think also helps and sometimes sell the jerseys. Ooh, these things happened in there. Um, so. Use those resources. They're all out there. They're open to the public and they're free. Just use them. Um, take take your time. And if you don't, ask one of your friends. Uh, we all of us have had people reach out and say, "Hey, can you help me photo match this? Have you? Do you think this looks whatever?" Use the groups. We're all willing to help with that stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, how about um, and some of these terms get intermixed. Um, game issued slash player issued. Those get thrown around a lot, and that's anything with issued in it comes um, usually comes with fights. <laughs> at least, at least in a lot of the groups that I've seen, there's a lot of debate of. Well, how do you know this was really issued to the player? Was it blank before? Because some people send them off to uh, to the. the 
team custom uh, customizer and gets it done for whoever. Well, did it really belong to this guy? And it, and it makes it more difficult if these jerseys don't have set stamps in them. Sure. I think a game issue jersey is something that has a set tag that came directly from the team. You know, the player issue thing gets tricky because a lot of times people try to say player issue on something that never was even owned by the team or, or lettered by the team, and suddenly they make it where it's authentic. And, and that's that's an authentic jersey. It's not a game-issued or a team-issued jersey because it has no reference to the team. Um, that in my, That's how I look at it. If it's a game-issued jersey, it comes tagged and or with an LOA from a team direct out of the locker room from the equipment people. Otherwise, it's just a authentic, in my opinion. And even, for te- even for teams that do not issue LOAs or have tagging, I'm thinking like college teams for kids. Who yeah, no, I get that. I, I think when you, I'm, I'm harping to, you know, to the NHL level or college, you know, there's a big difference between somebody that bought a Jersey that was unlettered, that, that never came from the organization. And then they try to claim that as, you know, player issued or whatever, just because they made it authentic doesn't mean that it had any reference to the team. I guess that's my thing. If you're, you know, stuff that comes directly from the team and then gets lettered, that's a little different, but again, it was never intended for the player's use. Well, yeah, to me, it has to to be called issued. It has to come from the team and be prepared by the team Please. for intention of that player to use. I agree with that a thousand percent. Yeah. I the, where I run into trouble is where you see these guys and you see stuff on eBay or in different forums or on different pages where guys have clearly gotten just a blank jersey and made it authentically, you know, had, had sent it to Levy or to whoever does the team lettering, and then they're set, call it player issued. To me, that's like a fabrication because that's not really a jersey that was ever intended for that player to, to use. Is is there any teams that you guys know of, at least NHL level alone? I, I don't want to jump too far off that just because it's easy to, to look at those. Is there any NHL team that doesn't use a form of tagging inside? Either I mean, in the hem, yeah, behind I mean, the crest, on the back of the sure. neck, somewhere. I think the only team that you could look at, in my opinion, one of the teams you'd look at that's kind of iffy on that is is the is the Coyotes. You know, a lot of that stuff is just somebody, it looks like somebody scribbled handwritten notes on the inside of those crests. And I know that that's what they do, but that's pretty easy to duplicate without any kind of, you know, if it doesn't have a cert or doesn't whatever, that's not hard to duplicate, you know. I think they got better tags now. Yeah, but you've seen all the ones that have popped up on oh, eBay no, in the no last ones. year or so that, you know, are are all handwritten, you know, notes on the back of crest that supposedly came from the team. And I know they're good, but, you know, that that's not really very protected. No. But in, in the case of, uh, and, and again, Paul, uh, um, I know a lot of the, sh- I've seen some of the Sharks tagging. Do theirs, even on their set stamps um, on their jerseys, do they say issued? Or worn because they have even like an expiration date, which I thought was kind of funny. Yes, typically, and I wish I had one in here. Um, I should have pulled a picture up. I wasn't thinking about it until just yeah, now. I, it's yeah. I should just ha- normally I have a jersey here, but not tonight. Uh, it typically says uh, a um, ID, um, which would be um, say Burns dash eighty eight dash one dash two dash three dash four. You know whatever set or jersey it is then issue and expire and if it's definitely not worn it will say usually say in parentheses not worn or sometimes 
last year or the year before, I can't remember, they had a big tag in the net saying, not game worn. It was bloody obnoxious um, how large it was. And it's like, that's all the tag said, not game worn. Um, you know, there's a lot of issues with the dates they put on them because I've photo matched many jerseys outside of the dates. And a player like Burns or Thornton who wears multiple jerseys in a game, Rhymer, it, it's hard sometimes to figure out when to photo match it to which period. Um, and frequently it's outside of the dates that they, they have on there. Um, they, they're, the current tagging for the Sharks, it's a template that they put in and then they have the details stuck inside of it, uh, like two different press on things. Um, and they do pretty good, but they don't always get it right, so. And, and I think at least that helps with the issued side of things. So so if, as we were debating, as people send it off to get it customized to that player and it's in there, the size the player wears, but there's no set stamp, yes, it's possible, like like Wade and I saw with the Blues preseason ones last year, those were, were worn. We saw racks of them. But unless you can photo match that, good luck. But in others, the other issues that I've I've even bought some from the Blues, the regular set stamp is inside that was for that player. So it was made for them. They either didn't wear it because they were injured, they weren't called up, wh whatever it was, but at least that was 100% made and ready for that guy, no question. And, and a lot of times the Blues don't issue uh, certificates for those, but... I can at least trust it enough because everything lines up and the set stamp and, and at least the ones they use now in the stamp somewhere has the player's number kind of faded into the background. So it makes it easy that all everything matches up. So, and, and Dan, I know you, um, you look a lot of different jerseys. I know you've been, had your hands a lot of hurricanes ones before. What do you see with some of those? Uh, the hurricanes have the tags. The penguins have the tags. Um, I've seen the Predators, I've seen them have the tag for the Migrate, but their backup jerseys don't have tags. And uh, they sell their backup jerseys like at their equipment sales. They don't sometimes don't make it to Migrate, so there's no tagging, no writing in it or nothing. Then sometimes you buy stuff at the equipment sales, there's no LOA or nothing, they just sell it. So the Canes, when you get their – the Canes, they sell their – I think the Coyotes now are doing this. When they sell their jerseys at the stadium or the arena – through an auction, you get a certificate uh, that comes with the jersey, and it's got a set tag in it. If you buy them at the equipment sale, uh, there's tags, but there's no LOA or COA. There's nothing. So, but you got to figure out, you know, obviously you got to try to match it. You know, you say the season, but it doesn't. They don't have a log like it says set one, but what is what is set one worn? In? Was it worn in the preseason through a certain date or not? So. The matching of jerseys becomes difficult because some teams aren't as thorough as, you know, San Jose, Paul just said, San Jose gives you a date, and it might be wrong, but they at least give you a date where it's something you can shoot for. Um, some people track. I know somebody that track. I know people that track the Penguins when they wear certain jerseys. You know, Migrate has their tracking where you can say, okay, it's, and narrow it down. But, you know, photo matching obviously is the best way to prove a jersey was worn or not or if it was a backup worn, you know. Um, but and I had one uh, a couple of years ago, had a Ryan Reeves uh, for, a, I don't know what year it was, but it was an, a, was an away jersey, and it was as dated as a, 
set one away, but inside the back of the neck was written as backup. Well, I reached out through some people to one of the athletic, the equipment guys, and that was a travel jersey. They took it as a backup. So if he was in fights, got blood on it, whatever, that was the one he would throw on after the fight. And it even had a handful of repairs and some fight wear. So it looked like he'd fought in one, swapped it out, and then fought in that one too. So even though it was a set one, it was carried the entire year. So, yeah, I photo matched it, I think, into basically what their third set would have been for a, for a game or two. Because those yeah. some of those those guys tear up jerseys, you got to have backups. Right. And some I teams a- label them okay, some don't. Right, I think there's still a value thing to it. I think that if it's if it's a backup worn and, and like Ryan Reeves, I had a I had a Malkin that was a backup worn worn in one game. That's great. It's worn, but it's backup worn, you yep. know, and it needs to be identified. And the value of that jersey is not the same as a regular season game worn jersey. And I think that's where we run into in this hobby. People are like, "Well, it's game worn, dude. You he wore it as a backup because he, he got blood on his other jersey or whatever the case may be." It's not the same as a guy that wore it 10, 11 games. You sure. know, I think that's where we're getting into these issues on our in our hobby is people are trying to skirt the issue of what, what is worn. Is it, you is know, it? yeah. But, and that's where we're getting these pissing battles because you're trying to, everybody's trying to maximize the thing. But you're like, dude, that's not it. That's not the gamer. It's a game-worn jersey. That means game-worn in a game jersey. It was issued to him. Here it is. The equipment manager gave it to him. It's got the set tag. He wears it. You know, it's not a, it's not a backup. It's not a team issue. Game one. So, and, Dan, you mentioned the Penguins. Yeah. One thing I like a lot is when you get a Penguins jersey, you get that laminated card, which has they the They don't date. do that anymore. They don't do that anymore? Nope. Oh, okay. Never nope. mind. Nope. Uh, do, do you know, I heard that they had generated the dates when they were doing that card from the eye in the sky data. Yeah, I don't know how they did it. Was I got a couple cards? It's pretty nice. They're laminated, and it tells you when it was. Um, Steve Bell now he tracks them. I know I go to his website and tells me when he wears them. So I know he's just one guy. I know that tracks the Penguins. Um, I'm sure. Job. I'm sure other people do it. You know, they watch the games and when they wear the jerseys. Um, I just go to Steve's website and say, "Oh, look, that's when they wore the how many times they wore the jersey," and I start redoing my research from there. You know. And when a guy trying to find the matches or whatever, you know. But but and again, the the we're going to keep harping on this to the whole thing is is no matter what, do your research. If you're looking to buy one from somebody, if you're if you've got one and you're what you how you picked it up, if you're unsure, like Dan, like you said, is the backup Predators jerseys. If they weren't tagged at all, oh no, I got I got I was pissed at that deal. I was absolutely torqued out of my mind. I traded a game-worn jersey for what I thought was a game-worn Preds jersey. And I got it, and I'm like, there's no markings. Where's the LOA at it? And then I start – the information starts coming in. I'm like, this is fucking backup-worn. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, that's not uh-huh. a fair trade. Yeah. And then the guy's like, oh, I'm not trading back. I'm, it's gone. I'm like, so I, I agree. We said it earlier, you got to disclose it. You know, that's a that's right. a different – I'm not saying I wouldn't have done the trade, but you got to disclose what it was – where it was that changes the value. Yeah. It's There's... a total different, total different, total different trade when you're talking game worn with tagging and backup worn with no tagging. It's a completely different value of a jersey. And unless you photo match that to something, that's a I mean, that almost falls to an authentic. 
because yeah, same yeah. thing with preseason jerseys. I mean, yeah. sure. total different value as far as a, that, you know. But a backup jersey might have one tiny mark on it from one game, and you got to figure it out. You know, I mean, you right. might get lucky, but but no, you know, the, the value for a, a a seat a set full set worn compared to who knows when they actually threw that on, if actually at all. Right. Yeah. But I'm I'm surprised one that Migray let them do a and, and again I don't know how Migray runs some of their their rules for that or if it's the teams can dictate that but having a backup set that's not marked in any way that gets kind of questionable. I think that falls on the team's responsibility and maybe even like the equipment staff's responsibility. You know, kind of like those. You know, I'm gonna go back to it like those Blues preseason jerseys from last year. You know, even in conversations with people in that organization. I think all of us had mentioned <laughs> how hard would it be to go to office Depot and have a stamp made that you could just press behind the, the crest of those jerseys that says, you know, blues preseason, 2000, you know, 22, you know, whatever, just to do something to mark the jerseys, especially when you're going to cart them out and try to sell them for not really a premium, but, you know, I think the player worn ones unmarked, they're wanting 500 bucks a piece for them. You know, isn't that worth a $25 investment for a stamp to protect the integrity of those for the collectors? You obviously know who are going to get them. And then it would also take away a lot of complaints long term. You know, how hard is it for the equipment managers to do something like that? You know, just to mark something at the end of the year. Hey, this was preseason worn or hey, this was just issued. You know, they want to have collectors and fans buy this stuff. But I personally feel like they have some responsibility to making sure they do it right, too. I don't think they have the heart in it like we have it, though. No, I agree. But, but again, I, I, I think that, you know, they obviously, if they're trying to maximize the profitability of them by selling them and by offering them to fans and collectors, I think, you know, the reason that they do tag them in any reason is to, to do that. So, like, you know, like I said, I just feel like they should do something if they know they're going to put them out for sale. Well, like, for, for example, at your, like, you know, your Predator thing, how nice would that have been if, you know, it, it would have taken an intern or, t- you know, two or three people that work there and, you know, not very long to go through each one of those jerseys and hit the hit the fight strap with something that just says right. issued from the Predators. Right. And so was it after, I you know, I worked, got it all thing. Was it one of those things where they were going to carry the jersey over so the equipment manager held on to it and then the player got traded and they're like, oh, sure. crap, we'll just throw this out here for the equipment sale and get rid of yeah. it. Well, Doc, yeah. we ended up grabbing the the Sanford were the first um, prime green jerseys that had ever came out the Zach Sanfords because I grabbed those off that rack from the Blues. They were his set one jerseys. Well, he got traded, never wore them. They ended up throwing those on there. They had the, the team set in them. They were going to be his jerseys for opening night, his home and away. Um, that was actually the first two prime green Blues game jerseys that anybody saw. Um, and, and so they threw those on the rack, I guess, you know, again, I think all the teams have some type of responsibility to collectors to, and I think a lot of them do a great job and, you know, migrate helps a ton, but in those little circumstances, it's just like, you wish they had somebody there that was a collector or at least had, you know, took the time to talk to collectors to get stuff right. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's. Some guys, some teams get it, some teams don't. I mean, sure. how they market them, how they how they deal with any of it. It's it's no one team does them the same. No, and 
I, I, at times I wish they did. At other times I'm kind of glad they don't because looking at the pricing of some of the teams and, and how they do it. So uh, the, I guess going back to, to player slash team issue or player slash game issued versus team issued team issued. I see a lot thrown out there for blanks. The, the, everybody's fighting to get the Mick jerseys. Now the made in Canada, Adidas, and and they say a, a lot of people. And again, I'm not throwing everybody in this in these buckets. A lot of people say these were were team issued jerseys, which technically I do feel is correct because mix aren't able to be bought. You can't go to Adidas and say I want to buy a dozen made in Canada San Jose Sharks jerseys. The the team's the only one that can get those. So while I believe that technically is correct. I guess it, I would say it team owned because right. it's not issued to anybody. The team just owned them and now they've sold them off to whoever or somebody got them out the back door, whatever you want to say, equipment sale, whatever. But I, I take a little umbrage with, at least for the for blank jerseys, calling them or just team issued gets a little fuzzy. Sure. The only, and the only, the only jerseys you could do that with are the made in Canada Adidas jerseys because before that, it was the wild, wild west. Anybody could get anything, you know. Yep. So why not just call them team issued blanks? I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you don't need anything beyond that. And then if you customize it, then, you know, explain that, you know. It's, yeah. Purchase from the team as a blank jersey sent to team official customizer. Not not worn, not given to player, none of that. But and and again, most people in our hobby and in the authentics area, which is also a huge booming market, disclose that up front. My fear is, and just like we've talked with past things with game issue jerseys or the uh, and and we'll do an episode on this eventually too, the uh, custom crafted specials and those kind of things, is once it gets into people's hands, that either want to be shady or or the information wasn't passed on to them that stuff gets lost and then it gets questionable sure is it the fault of the current owner maybe maybe not but but you do risk getting into some some issues there time passes i mean you could look you know go back to stuff you know some of that ccm stuff back into the late 80s early 90s that was accessible to people and you start talking about 30 years and who knows, especially if they didn't have set tags in them, you know, I mean, unless you can photo match those, it's anybody's guess, you know, I mean, I, I know that I've heard people talking, you know, that there's a Shanahan Jersey that just closed in classic, a blue Shanahan that I don't think anyone is ever able to match. That thing sold for what a seven, eight grand, you know, and it's yeah the 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 longer the jerseys are out there and and the as ownership changes like I said if, and I will say I uh, last year at, at your expo Wade I made a de- a trade deal uh, for one of the custom crafted specials I had but I told the guy I said hey I said part of this deal is is I'm gonna write inside the fight strap CC special and date it and I put my initials I said if no. I said I'm not giving you this without it he understood sure. completely. He knew the backstory and doesn't mean that he can't find a way to get that market out of there. Sure, but you're the, you're, you're one of the good guys. 
Right. And then in the same sense, let's say, you know, 20 years goes down the road and those custom crafted or that, that, you know, marker comes off or whatever that, you know, or somebody dies or, you know, somebody quits collecting and then next thing you know, their family's selling off stuff. I mean, that, that stuff can repopulate itself without, without yeah, any fault of anyone or intention. Sure. So it's above all else, just, just do the research. Um, I guess I've gone through most of the, the big terms and kind of d- debate on them. The, the issued one and the player issued team issued stuff is the, is the hottest thing. I think we, we see the, the backup one. I know recently on some of the forum pages or the, the Facebook pages, there was some back and forth, but I thought that got settled pretty decently without too much hassle. But again, go look at the sheets. If the, the goalie was on the bench and that jersey's marked that way, especially, I mean, you can usually find warm-up pictures of the guy from that game, hopefully a couple. There's some marks on it. Odds are you're pretty good. And, and most teams are, are, are good at dating their stuff, not all. Uh, again, we, see, we, we talked about it a few minutes ago with stuff being carried over. I had a, uh, a Jordan Bennington. It was, uh, I think it was a 16, 17, or uh, 15, 16, something like that. It was early in his time with in the Blues organization. He was with the Chicago Wolves at the time. Played one preseason game or a white jersey. Um, but when I bought it, it had a uh, 100th, I think it was 100th or 50th patch. Uh, NHL 100th on it and may have had even both patches. I have to go look at my pictures now. But I, start, I happened to, it didn't click with me initially, but looked at the set date. I'm like, wait a minute, that's a year before those patches should be on there. Well, they carried it over because they thought it would, again, just be some preseason time. So I matched it to a game pre-patch, but it came from the Blues because they'd patched it, them planning on, on carrying it over. So some of those those lesser guys they don't want to make jerseys for, at that point, they they decided to just throw these additional patches on them. Yeah. I think they patched a bunch of crap just to get rid of the patches too, because I've seen <laughs> piles of them show up. But in this case, I was able to match it pre-patch and explain what they did, because right the next season they carried that over and and needed that. So it, teams do weird crap all the time, and we you constantly hear stories of the well the trainer grabbed this jersey, threw this on it, or or whatever it is. So nothing's ever going to be perfect. Uh, document as much as you can so you can share all those things uh, out there. One other piece of this I kind of wanted to, and, and before I go, I guess I go on, is there any other terms or things things out there you guys think I'm missing or we haven't touched on? No. A jersey? That's right what we're coming to right now is, the, yes, the uh, the – Besides people going after blank made in Canada team jerseys, the other thing people are doing to get higher name stars are buying issued or in some case game worn ones and stripping them. That I find that several issues with that is is one if let's say it's a guy that only played a few games, if he ever is looking for that jersey or somebody, you're never going to you're never going to find it. It's it's gone. Yeah. Uh, that that's one and and I, I sold a Tage Thompson blues jersey that was worn his rookie year. And I had picked it up at, at one of the sales and I, I just let it go, didn't think much of it. 
and I know for a fact it got stripped. So like at the end of the day, that one like kind of that now that one bothers me quite a bit. Um, I don't see with the contract he signed. Yeah, I don't sell a lot, but um, suddenly I, this was years ago. I picked it up and somebody got it from me and then I found out it was stripped. And as soon as I found out, I was like, oh, gosh, because I literally I mean, I don't sell a lot anyways, but especially a lot of the the retros and the reverse retros. Like I won't let those go to anybody who I think is even possibly going to consider stripping it just because they're so rare. And like, why? I just don't get it, but well, I mean, one of the scariest, of the hobby. Sure. One of the scariest ones I've seen recently, and it's, I will call it a one-off because it was hard to pull off, but somebody bought a, um, a St. Louis blues heritage Jersey, uh, number 47, just stripped the name bar to put Krug on it. Instead, if you look at the inside, the set stamp also, it looks correct because it has the 47 in the background. So if anybody, and again, I know the guy, want, I think it was even for sale at one point. If that doesn't get disclosed going forward, everybody thinks that's at least an issue. And I don't know if the jersey had anywhere or not. I don't believe it did. But everybody believes that's now a Krug jersey. If, yeah, if you don't do the research and check the years, absolutely. Because yeah, I think it was a year before uh, Krug was with the team. But if that doesn't click with you, it's like, oh, you have to get a set stamp. That's it. Yeah. That's and again, that's one of those one-off because everything had to line up just right to make that one work. But uh, are you guys, Dan or Paul, are you guys seeing that much um, in your areas, hearing about that with, with San Jose or, or Dan with all the teams that you are involved with? I haven't seen too many gamers being stripped from San Jose and turned into other things. I've seen a lot of blank jerseys being customized without the tagging and you know it might be now at you know the, the current adidas pricing is very I, I think it's high from the sharks for um they even their game issued i mean you can see it on the sharks pro shop and i think the cheapest game issued you can get is 400 right yeah, now we're looking at that before the show but yeah that's that's a lot to turn around and then get customized uh, to somebody yeah. else because customized can be a couple hundred dollars to do yeah. it right to do, if you're do it right on. But I know when some of the retros and the reverse retros issued, people were getting them stripped and and turning them into higher level players. And yeah. one, it, it gets rid of guys that were were less. And I mean, that's a pricey investment. Period. And some people feel that's the only way they can get one for themselves with the player they want. But I just hate when they hit the market at five, six, seven hundred dollars or more. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's got to be disclosed. You know, that's the other. That's you know, the honesty part, you know? And, and we were, we had touched on this a little bit before the show, Paul. And, and one of the things you mentioned is, is don't be taking set stamps out of them, especially ones like, like my gray or uh, the blues have their sticker on uh, the sharks have theirs that have a serial number that references back or has the player's name on it. Mm -hmm. So then at least you can say, yes, this was stripped. Who's here. This is who it belonged to originally. Here's who I had it made into. So there's a continuity there, and, and it's, a, it's a full disclosure. Yeah, the other thing, I, I've altered a few jerseys, uh, not NHL, but um, um, college jerseys, and it's, I, I actually marked that inside the fight strap. That there was a weird situation at Michigan where a club set of jerseys came out, which were identical to the regular season jerseys. 
and they didn't come with name bars, but, uh, and there were a couple other minor differences on them, but they had the CCHA um, uh, patch on them, which was shocking because, you know, the club team didn't play there. So, you know, I've, um, I have a few of those jerseys and I've had name bars added, but in all those, I've added an annotation inside the fight strap, um, which I mean, because there's no set tags on them or, or anything. But I, as for um, um, NHL ones and stuff, even with the tagging, I would pref- like to see something marked inside the fight strap too, saying altered or, you know, originally. Be nice. Yeah, originally this player. Uh, not everyone will do that, but. Uh, and you can't count on teams like, like the Blues with their holograms. You can go look up the number, it tells you who it is. You can't count on that database being there forever. We've seen um, that in past years with, with teams that have done that, and now it's all in the wind. But, um, but yeah, marking those, like you said, marking them in a fight strap, marking them behind the crest, doing something in, to alert people, hey, yes, this has been altered or changed in some way, so it goes through the hobby and, and doesn't get mislabeled or misrepresented. Well, boy, when, when something gets misrepresented or lies happen, we hear about it fast. Funny how right. social media will do that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it, it's, again, we our, our debate was pretty civil because we're all, I think, pretty like-minded with, with how this works. I don't know that anybody – Everybody is, and I think I, I hope to see some interesting comments once this is posted. If and again, if people listen to this and and don't agree or feel that that we're out of line, put it out there. I mean, we're just four guys that have been in the hobby for for all different amounts of years. We may not get this a hundred percent right. We're not saying that what we say tonight is the the standard yeah. going forward. No, but it, it's I mean, it's what we feel and it's what we see. We see the mistakes getting made. We see the the non-disclosures or the people trying to pass stuff off uh, with with either fake wear or, oh, yeah, it was originally this guy and this happened. Because we've seen weird crap with, with equipment. One guy uses somebody, some other player's stick, but you can photo match it to the, uh, to the first guy using it because he grabbed it off the bench or he likes his pattern better, whatever it is. Crap like that happens. Sure. Yeah. Doesn't really happen with jerseys because it's got a, a it, it works a little bit different, but but stuff like that happens all the time. But you've got to do your research, and if you find it, disclose it going forward. And if things look shady, ask other people. Say, hey, this is what I see. Here's the facts that I have. What do you think? That's that's how we keep the hobby honest the best we can, and and growing and people's confidence in it yeah because when you get get teams doing shady crap or backdoor deals or people recustomizing things to to try and make more money then it gets ugly but we seem to get those people shut out of the hobby pretty fast too thank god um any other things like this and uh you guys want to cover any thoughts we didn't uh didn't touch on or i i missed any teams that you think really do labeling bad that you've seen? <laughs> uh, it seems like they're getting better. I mean, it seems like I think I agree with the way the Howies were man, with just right in the back of the crest. That was like, man, this is, but I think they're getting better. Yeah. Um, 
it wasn't even a uniform. That was my, I guess the biggest thing I laughed about it. It looked like somebody like literally was just like scraping at them. It wasn't like there was nice handwriting or it was like straight or like any kind of like, I mean, that was just the part of to, to me that looked funny on them was like, it wasn't like somebody put some effort into marking them like, you know, nicely. It was like they were rushing through every one of them. Right. And that's, I mean, that's just me being picky, of course. So as a collector, you're like, oh man, you know. I can't think of anybody that's not using some type of something anymore. Um, I really think more and more teams are coming to realize how much money is in this. There, yeah. And and if they put some more effort into it and and market them better and make them available to, I think that's why they're selling for more money too. I mean, yeah. you know, the prices keep going up on this stuff. I mean, if you're a hobbyist and you're a collector, I think across the board it's kind of hard to. You know, like I think we talk about blue stuff, you know, I remember sometimes the off season last sale, you could get some deals from three, you know, two fifty, three, four hundred dollar jerseys. I mean, that ain't happening now. <laughs> you know? And and the and like we've talked in past shows is the marketing with the, the text based auctions, the websites post them out there. Um, the certain the forms teams. are growing. I mean, yeah. Facebook's, you know, our Facebook pages have grown. You, you know, how many people are like, oh, where, you know, where do you? Where do you bid on a Colorado jersey or where do you bid on a Blues jersey or, you know, and, and people send that information out and that just continues to grow that pool of bidders. And obviously you're going to get some deeper pockets and continue to grow the hobby. You got fans. I mean, no matter where they live, it, you may not like the team that's near you and, and your teams are across the country or in Canada. That's who, whose jerseys you want. So sure. yeah. Growing that global audience makes you more money, and I think the teams continue to realize that. I know, uh, Paul, you said San Jose does a lot of in, in-person selling at during games and that, but they also throw them online, so it's kind of that somewhat balance, and I know, I know not all of them show up there, but they at least give options or give you the ability to reach out and say, hey, I'm looking for this one. Where have you got it? Because um, I don't know of any teams that don't market online in some fashion they don't always totally get their do. sites immediately but i don't think there's many panthers aren't they took them back from fanatics and they're just in the uh, team store um you can buy some i was actually looking at their site you can buy online from them now again oh they do they, they have their the own staff? store now yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah, the coyotes uh, update theirs because they were another one that was doing in-game auctions really yeah they got rid of uh they moved away from detroit hockey company and like two years ago i think it was and the only way you get one is be in the arena. At least the Canes do theirs online where, you know, you can – anybody can go online and bid on it, you know. Um, Imagine being an Islanders fan. I mean, you can't even – Yeah, you can't yeah. find a jersey. <laughs> like the old Minnesota Wild. Yeah. yeah. I think the – yeah, most teams wait to the end of the season, like the Wings and stuff like that. I think wait to the end of the season, but – And that's fine. I mean, if they want to wait till then and not have the hassle during the season, that's fine. I know uh, – was it Calgary just what? Three weeks ago, month ago, yeah, not even that long ago, did their their online sale of all that stuff and and did in person as well. Yeah, their the, their players are dumped and they're gone. Yeah, they allow they have some crazy email thing and that's it's just they're gone. Yeah, and they've recently done a clear out sale of everything that's left over um, for seventy five to one hundred and seventy five bucks Canadian. Wow. And I'm not sure if those are tagged or not. That's um, the, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a flood of jerseys here in like two years when they stop doing Adidas. So, oh, it's gonna get crazy. 
Yep. They, well, we saw it with Reebok that year that they were switching in the summer sales. They had all that Reebok stuff just dumped super cheap. Yeah. Interesting. All the all the team issues and all that stuff is going to be out there. Yep. Interesting to see who the that's probably a podcast for another day, but who's taking that over? I that's the hard question because see it seems like everybody that you would think about has done it other than or they're all owned somehow tied to the other ownership wise or something else here's the scary one i'm gonna throw it out there right now probably for another podcast fanatics has such deep pockets what holds them back from buying somebody who can produce quality nhl jerseys and then just doing fanatic branding it's kind of scary to think about but why would why can't they buy a company that has the ability to produce pro jerseys i mean if you look at baseball cards they just bought top so that they could do that not honestly nothing um god i hope not because i I think you'll see throwing it out there if that hypothetically if that happens you'll see a huge downturn in the market because you know part of the deal is they'll try to make it where they sell it all absolutely and we see how what a wreck that was for some of the teams (laughs) they did um before we get out of here wade you want to plug a little thing coming up oh, in, uh, just about yeah. a, a little less than a month yeah the 22nd and 23rd in collinsville right outside of st louis we're having our second game used expo um got over 20 tables set up right now uh should be a really fun event um you know everybody's been to a baseball card show and um you know the one thing that and doc you've been there the one thing i try to make it is i want this to be about the community as much as i do about anything else so you know, a lot of times you got people just displaying stuff, a lot of buying, selling, and trading. You have people obviously dealing and selling. Um, but it's a lot of fun just to, um, I, in my opinion, I wanted to make it different than going to, if you're a game use collector and you go to a baseball card show, an autograph event, you walk in and you may find a couple jerseys somewhere hidden around the room or a couple sticks or a couple bats or a couple whatever, but nothing really geared towards what we collect. Um, so I, I think for me, the part of the fun is bringing together people that, that collect what we collect and enjoy the hobby and developing relationships with people that you may only know from Facebook or from a previous forum or, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, I hope that I'm trying to grow it beyond just St. Louis. Obviously, we're in the middle of the country and clearly that's my focus of my collection, but um you know, I'd like to see it continue to grow and get some more East Coast and West Coast people. And we had some know, guys down from Detroit last year. Yeah, yeah. So we got people coming again from. I think I've got some Chicago people coming down. I, I think we have, you know, again some people from um, coming in um, from the East Coast. And I just want to keep growing it. I just like to bring it together, and that's a two-day event. And uh, stop by and see us. And uh, you know, there's a lot of really cool displays, and you may see stuff you've never seen before or learn something about jerseys that you didn't know or find out about custom crafted stuff or find out about tagging on jerseys you haven't seen or vintage stuff and uh, just enjoy the weekend with us. And again, as I always push, it's all about camaraderie. I mean, you, you, if you've talked to people via chat or made deals, never met them in person, just no, come sure. put, a, put a name with a face. I always give everybody free pizza on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's always good. Uh, no, you know, that, to me, that's the you know the fun part. The one thing, if I have the room, I'm going to do it again. In the middle of the room, if you remember, Doc, I set up just a couple tables in the middle of the room. That was I, I kind of wanted it to be just a gathering area. Um, well, it was. Know, we either, jerseys out, out there. There's water. Yep. Come, you know, sit around or 
um, you know, I kind of joke and uh, I guess I'm kind of a big softy, but a couple times I, I stopped in the middle of the thing. I looked around and everybody was engaged in a conversation or a chat or looking at stuff with other people. And to me, that was like, to me, that's what it's all about um, to make people be passionate about stuff that we're passionate about, obviously, you know, doing your podcast, which is amazing, which we're doing a podcast episode at the event, but that's still possible. I hope. And uh, just come out and join us and, and get to know some people that are like-minded and enjoy jerseys and collecting and the hobby. And you'll, you'll not find many people hiding behind their tables or usually out no. front sharing stories, explaining stuff. It is, it is a lot of fun. I unfortunately can only be there one day to uh, due to both of my kids being <coughs> play that same weekend, but uh, we'll be there all day Saturday. We'll record the podcast in the afternoon and get uh, it'll be a big podcast and be, I, I can't wait to do the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I'm really excited to have everybody, and thanks for letting me plug it here. Of course, um, we're going to keep any questions, um, It's gameusedexpo.com. There's also the page on Facebook, or or find me. I'm I'm God. I think I'm everywhere, <laughs> but I'm always available for questions and whatever. But you know, again, it's it's jerseys, it's sticks, it's equipment. Um, I have some baseball people that set up, and they had a blast. Um, you know, I, I don't really close the door on anything. I just wanted to make it more about a little different than, than regular shows. So yeah, if, if you're, you've got some time come try, I mean, St. Louis is easy to travel to. Um, Collinsville's what, 20 minutes yeah, from 20 downtown St. Louis. So you see the arch. There's a blues game at three o'clock that day. They're playing in Edmonton. So maybe we but, could find a way to get it streamed in the room or something. So I'm try, yeah. I'm going to try to get a TV in there on Saturday. I'm going to try to get a TV in the room. That's like my, my game plan right now. Um, trying to get that figured out with the hotel. I hope you guys can hear my dog snoring. Um, I wonder what that rumbling was. I pick it up just a little bit. That's that's no, that adds to the podcast even more. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm trying to get the game. I'm gonna get the game on, and then you know, like last year after the event, we all went and had dinner together, and um, you know, people did some trades outside of the show. The funny part was a lot of people came for the first one on Saturday, and then came back with stuff the next day, which I thought was pretty pretty neat. So, and, um, and even if you're just, if you're listening to this and you don't even own a Jersey, come, come look at stuff. Yeah, come come check see it out. Stuff. I mean, it, it's again, we just want to welcome everybody sure. to, to the hobby and help you understand what it is. My niece's boyfriend is not a hobbyist. He's a big hockey fan. He's a big sports fan. Um, and they came and helped last year and they're going to come again. And he like, he has been asking me about it. Cause he's like, man, I saw so much cool stuff. You know, um, and to me, that 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 was neat. He's like, I've never seen some of the stuff or to, to be able to touch it and look at it, whether it was the equipment or the jerseys or any of the stuff. And then just to see the knowledge that's in that room is incredible. People that are really hobbyists and, and longtime collectors. And, you know, you can learn so much. And, you know, who knows, you may pick up your first one or you may pick up your 500th jersey. But um, I pretty much guarantee you're going to have a good time. They, they always are. Well, we got a nice Midwest one now. We'll keep growing it. Well, gentlemen, it's a, uh, another fantastic evening of, uh, of game-worn discussion. We have now made it to double digits with your help. Thank you very much. We will uh, be back next week for another episode of Dirty Laundry Game-Worn Hockey Podcast, and I promise the logo is almost done. My, my sister is sending me a couple tease pieces now, so hopefully by next week or the week after it's completed. We've, we've had a couple tweaks to it. It is almost there. It'll it'll look even better and uh, have a nice backdrop. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a fantastic evening. Night, everybody. Take care, bro. Night. Thank you.